Listen to this podcast right now! Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Like movies, music, television, and more? Oh my god. Well, you've come to the right place. Subscribe to Journey Into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophy, hosted by me, Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophy. That sounds so awesome. The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour, the man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the macho man. Yeah, the best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for ya! Two Do I have everybody's attention now? Ooh, yeah, it's time to freak out, freak out. Look at these boots here. They're going to stomp a mud hole in you and drop a knee elbow. Ooh, yeah, I'm always thinking, thinking, thinking about the next podcast I'm going to do with my good friend right here, the Podfather Nate, here on season two, episode 11, dig it. Yes. It's How's time it going, to dude? wake up. Wake up. Oh, I see what you did there. Dude, that was great, man. That was awesome. You do a great macho man. I really red when I was doing that. I can feel it. Because you have to like push your throat to that place for macho. He's in a weird register. When you well, do the macho like, man, you got to bring it through your... It's up in here, but when you're just talking, it's not so bad. When you're going crazy... And you've had a couple drinks of coffee. He likes his coffee a lot. And he's going to be talking him up and down. He never really Do you? What he's saying. And he brings it back up right around to you. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you tried to do Macho? Because I remember the first thing that I ever saw that I went, I think I could do Macho's voice. And it was him as Bonesaw in Spidey. <laughs> right? You're going nowhere. Yeah, because he gets in the cage. <laughs> You're going nowhere. Get in the cage with Bonesaw, you know? I got you for three minutes in the cage. Oh, man. Classic, classic, classic Randy Savage. Anyways, how's it going, dude? It's going pretty good, my man. It is going pretty good. Uh, And, of course, uh, we want to welcome you to this great episode of Journey Into Wrestling. We're going to be looking at the great kind of a past week we've had in the world of wrestling. We've had some really cool stuff going on. The Rumble was good. NXT was good. And, um... Coming out of that, we're looking at, you know, going towards WrestleMania 34. Gosh, the it's numbers cr- keep getting higher. Dude, when we started the show, it was at 32, Dallas. Mm-hmm. It was in Dallas. And, uh, you know, the other night, it was uh, other night, it was just last night, I was trying to find something to watch. Uh, Wyatt says, I watch wrestling. I watch wrestling. I'm like, okay, let's try and watch wrestling. So I'm looking through. Then they added a bunch of new WWE home video stuff from the 80s and early 90s. Oh, sweet. On the network. Yeah, it, like if you go into the vault section, you'll see the home videos, and there'll be like matches that never got released saw er, like elsewhere. Some of them were taped at, um, at, t- at tapings. They would do extra stuff just for the home video releases. Like uh, they didn't have it there. I, I was like wondering, but the Bret Hart defeating uh, Ric Flair for the WWF title 
was a home video release. It wasn't even on television. It wasn't even a pay per view. Wow, for a home video. Uh, but I didn't see that one on there. But there was a, there, there were quite a few of them on there. And uh, I thought about watching one of those, but then I'm like, well, uh, we got Mania coming up. Maybe I'll throw on an old Mania. And I selected 28. Rock Cena 1? Yeah, once in a lifetime. <laughs> Miami. Hashtag, hashtag twice in a lifetime. Um, that was one of my favorite. Um, somebody made a shirt of that online somewhere. It was maybe Boschamania or... or uh, one of the meme pages had a shirt made that said, you know, twice in a lifetime. Uh, but that that was in Miami. Of course, uh, CM Punk, Jericho, WWE title. Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, world title, eight seconds, or something yeah. like that. Um, I taught Wyatt how to point and say yes, yes, yes. Uh, that was probably like the highlight of my night because he wouldn't stop doing it. And I'm like, yes. You finally succeeded as a father. You've taught him macho, flair, the yes. And then, of course, you can't see me. I did teach him who you, you can't see me, and he also knows Hulk Hogan. He also knows. Oh yeah, says, brother! I taste something, brother. I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> taste something, brother. I'm gonna get but you, then brother. Then I taught him you can't see me. We'll see for a second. Uh, Kate, that thought that I taught him no. She goes, "Don't you dare teach him that!" I'm like, I wouldn't. Oh my gosh, I, I never dare. thought about that. That's the worst thing to teach a kid. No, no, clean up your toys. No, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no, just having a massive freak out for real. Uh, yeah, but as we, you know, as we're getting here, Brando, we're in February now, which is crazy. 11th episode of our second season here. And I think the first thing we need to do is discuss this Royal Rumble because, man, honestly, this might have been a rumble for the ages. I don't. I don't recall a recent Royal Rumble I was so happy and excited for at the end of, you know, once everything was said and done and the dust had settled. You know, it has been quite a few years where, we, where we've had some kind of like let down or deflated kind of feelings. Of course, um, the crowd interaction. I mean, this is the Philly crowd. This is the same crowd that, correct me if I'm wrong, was this the crowd that, that Reigns won the year and Rock came out? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. They tr He tried to hype him up as the next thing, and Philly just chewed him apart. Right. I mean, uh, now, here's the th Now, as I said before, I think Reigns was a hard worker. I think, uh, I think that he could be a top guy, but I just don't think that, that he quite has the persona. Like, he's the big tough dude, and 10 years ago, I'm telling you, he would have been, everybody would have been cheering him. In fact, everybody was cheering him the year before that. Uh, because he was the last chance because they didn't want Batista to win. And everybody loved him when he was in the Shield. And then he gets on his own, you know, uh, like a suffering succotash promo later. And he's uh, oh, kind of cringeworthy. And, but that does not take away from how hard this guy works. Because he goes out there and, you know, it's a WWE style to have the five moves of doom for your character. To have these special moves that you pull out. And you sort of like hinge on these moves. Uh, that's sort of their style. It's not, and Cena, of course, has been kind of more associated with the five moves. But look at Austin. Look at his move set post neck injury. It was punch, punch, kick, kick, Luthes press, which includes punches, maybe a spine buster, and then a stunner. I mean, you know, Trish Stratus had a few moves of doom. Yep. 
And it's all about a setup. Once you, uh, when, like, once you have a thing, like, they get AJ. What are his moves you think of? The phenomenal forearm, he uses more of a finish. Pele he kick. Uses, you know, the Pele kick, he uses the Styles Clash. And, uh, and, and you know, he has a few other ones that, that he'll pull out the calf crusher. But then he also has, uh, as most do, like a certain sequence that they try to, they want you to do a sequence. They want people to remember the sequence so that way they, you can help control the audience more. With Reigns, of course, he has a couple that he does as well, uh, along with the spear and then the Superman punch. Um, it, it's like, I was thinking about it today and I'm like, I know that he does it because it's more, it's, it's, it's crowd, it's letting them know it, it's like a signal that, that the move is coming other than like prepping yourself, the whole cocking of the arm. Yeah, um, that, kinda, I don't, goofy. I get what he's trying to do, but it's taken like stolen directly from Superman and it's like, you're being a little too on the nose, bro. Well, and of course, the punch, Superman punch, is actually uh, a reference to MMA. Correct. You know the style of punch that he's doing, and we, in in the past, we, we like we assumed uh, going forward to Mania that Reigns is facing Lesnar. It seems like they've been going towards that for the past year or two, uh, going into Mania thirty four that he's going to go in and finally win the Universal Title. Uh. A move that I am not 100% against, but a move that I think is the wrong move for them right now. I feel like the, there's, a, there's a different path to be taken there, and, and of course we'll talk about that. But they did not anoint Reigns uh, this year. Uh, they they booked it brilliantly to put that in your mind. You know, to really make you think that Reigns is going to win this, because then... What they're doing is that they're, they're they knew Philly's gonna be a hostile crowd, as far as like the they're they're more of the smarts, you know, the, like the smart marks. So then bring them in and we're gonna control these guys. Oh, they did a glorious Reigns. job they're too. They're gonna boo Reigns. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna make them think Reigns is gonna win, and then he's not, and then they're gonna explode. And, and and so everyone was like, "Yeah, Reigns didn't win. Whoo, man! I, they had me worried for a minute. Exactly, because that's what they they wanted you to feel, because they manipulated you. That's 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 that is pro wrestling, manipulating the crowd to make them feel the way you want them to feel. Correct. Uh, that's why Vince has had such a hard time accepting that the crowd doesn't accept Reigns and John Cena specifically, because he wants to be in control. And I think they're starting to learn how to utilize." Like you said, the false finish, the switch it up, the make you think one thing is destined because, of course, that's what they're going to do and pull the sheet out from under you because it's it's been what product we've had for the past several years. So this card, you know, it's interesting. Vince is announced XFL's coming back, so it's like things are starting to shift here. And I felt like this card really signified the change of the guard. It didn't feel like Vince had any control of these decisions. Or if oh, no, he, he had a hundred percent of these decisions, and I guarantee you, because what he wanted you to do, he wanted every person in that building to, to, to be behind Shinsuke Nakamura, because coming into this, it was a big rumor that he was going to be the guy to win it, and a lot of times when you have a like a predictable winner, people are like, oh well, that's so predictable, but he's like, all right, so we're going to go with Shinsuke, and we're going to set that match up over over on SmackDown, so. In order to get all the people behind him, we can use a really good heel, or we could use our big face, who nobody wants to win. 
So that in that moment, even though we are handing them exactly what they kind of thought was going to happen, they're all going to want that to happen. So when he wins, it's going to be this huge pop and huge celebration. Shinsuke is going in. It's exactly what it was, too. I know. So, yeah, of course, Shinsuke wins the men's Royal Rumble. And he already said he's going to go face AJ Styles. That is the perfect fucking match. Wrestle Kingdom uh, 10 rematch. And and, uh, it's all going to depend on how much time they give them uh, at Mania. How much time are they going to let them go out there and wrestle? Because Mania last year with the pre-show was a seven and a half hour endeavor. Yeah. It was long. I watched I got home from LafiCon that uh, that 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 day as that was wrapping up. I was listening to the Battle Royal uh on the like uh or the the Cruiserweight match started right when I left the venue and then uh the Battle Royal was uh midway through by the time I got home. So by the time Mania started I I, I got of course I, I was home and sitting down and relaxing by the time Mania started, but by the time it ended, I was laying on the couch. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> Exhausted. Absolutely. I mean, it, that was it a... was a long weekend. It was a long weekend, and it was a long night. I was so lucky that I had the next day off, and I don't think I'm going to have that luxury this year. So as much as I'm saying give Shinsuke and AJ 40 minutes, please, part of me is like, man, uh, we, we, we need to shorten some of these other matches so we can have that possible. Maybe they're going to have a smaller card this year and, and focus on making better matches. Maybe that'll be a decision they make. And I know you have a lot of talent that's going to want to do a lot of things. However, Brandon, you've also got a lot of talent that's hurt, and that's something we're going to discuss today too. But let's just go through the uh, Royal Rumble card here and talk about what's going on. We had a couple pre-show matches. We had the six-man tag team match that was essentially we have nothing to do with our cruiserweights until we announce the tournament and all the other stuff that's coming. So we're going to just throw this together. Revival and da- uh, The Revival defeat Gallows and Anderson. I don't really... That doesn't make sense to me. I think they need to put Gallows and Anderson in a bigger role on Raw. I think they're doing a very poor job there. And then Bobby defeated Mojo Raleigh, which was a strange thing here. Singles match for the U.S. title. Could have been Dolph. I don't know why. And then they haven't even, you know, we're going to get the fallout from that. We're, you know, we're going to have to get the fallout from that and uh, and check in to see uh, what what is to come of uh you know, a really interesting 30th entrant to the Rumble. Uh, so then we get into the main card, and they kick things off hot and heavy, Brando. Right away, AJ Styles versus KO and Sammy. Uh, thoughts on this match? Oh, it was great. I liked the dynamic. I liked the tagging back and forth. Uh, I thought they told a great story here. And, of course, they did a good, really great job in the end of setting it up to where it was almost kind of like a screw job finish for the heels. Uh, where they didn't actually tag. I thought that was a great spot, and they, they'd pull it off tremendously. Absolutely. Uh, and, of course, now there's going to be some dissension because tonight on SmackDown, which by the time this airs will be have been yesterday, uh, it's KO versus Sammy. One of the two is going to fast lane to challenge AJ for the title. So We'll see how that handles because the, the prior rumor that was advertised for the local uh, advertising for fast lane is that it was going to be a fatal five-way. For the title, so we'll see how that see how that pans out. Damn, that'd be a hard way to shake down. And why give everybody such hard roads right before WrestleMania? Jesus, 
Um, next, uh, I love. I, I I did. I really loved this uh, this AJ Styles match. But uh, next up was uh, the Usos defeating Gable and Benjamin in a very bizarre, not at all what I was expecting tag team match. And I think that's exactly what they were doing because uh, back this was a two out of three falls match, which I didn't even realize was two out of three falls until like after the. I, I guess I didn't hear it. I didn't pay attention until after the first fall. I'm like, oh, it's over. I'm like, oh, it's not over. <laughs> They're still going. Well, Usos won the two falls back-to-back. And it's funny because our good friend Joe Grimes said, I've never seen that before. And I'm like, oddly enough, I just saw that like two weeks ago uh, on Starcade 93, where it was a two out of three falls. And it was Dustin Rhodes and, st- and stunning Steve Austin for the U.S. title. And Steve Austin won two falls back-to-back. Interesting. Yeah, that's not typical. Usually you stretch that to the three and make the last one be high and impactful. It's really interesting, Brando. I just found, not that this is quite the same, but I wanted to just bring this up to you real quick. Uh, I was at Dad's house going through the computer and stuff, and I actually found pictures from when you and I went to SmackDown in 2005, November 6th of 2005. And, of course, the camera died before the main event, so I don't have pictures of Eddie Batista and, and Orton and any of those things that happened. But I did have pictures of, like... Heidenreich and pictures of Eminem and uh, it was awesome because the last picture was Matt Hardy like version 2 and then of course there was a best of 7 match uh, one of during that card which was Booker versus Benoit and I have pictures of that that are awesome yeah uh, I had pictures of that and I don't know if I still do Uh, I remember seeing them maybe man it's been a long time ago uh, but I had video of Batista and Eddie after the main event. Like, Doing the dancing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's awesome. Uh, so to move out of the uh, the tag team match here, we go on to have the Royal Rumble. I'll just name the entrance first, just right down the list, and then we'll go down by the elimination. So we had Rusev and Finn open it up. Rhino, then Baron, then Heath Slater, Elias, Awesome, interesting surprise as the NXT champ Andre Cien Almas makes an appearance and lasted for a tw- almost 30 minutes in the Rumble. It was awesome. Uh, Bray Wyatt is in an eighth, Biggie ninth, Sami Zayn at tenth, which is weird because it should have been Ty Dillinger, but the whole attack happens. Um, next That's up, harking back to uh, to 2004. Yes, uh, when when McFoley. Attack somebody. I can't remember who he attacked. I think it might have been like Rob Conway or something. But like, uh, they didn't reveal who attacked him. And Austin was like, "What is he doing? He's, hey, he's my next instrument. Get your ass out there. Get, get." And then it was like, "What the hell?" And then, of course, the the, the whole storyline was Foley and and Orton. And that if Foley didn't show up, then he then you know, then uh, Jr. was gonna have to call him a coward. And then so right before the Rumble. JR uh, Taz kind of coaxed it out and said, you know, called him a coward. But then he comes out and then Orton sells that shit like tremendously. Yeah. So tremendously. Uh, and there, remind me later, there's something about Orton that I want to say later. Okay, sure. Well, he's our 24th entrant, so we'll get there. Uh, after Sammy is Sheamus, then Xavier Woods and Apollo Crews. In at 14 is our eventual winner, Shinsuke Nakamura. He lasts 44 minutes and 30. Eight seconds with three eliminations. Uh, up next, Cesaro, then Kofi, then Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins, and then Matt Hardy. 
Okay, our first surprise entrant in the Rumble, not at all a surprise, free agent John Cena. Um, in there for a minute, has three eliminations of his own. Up next is an actual surprise entrant, the Hurricane Shane Helms makes his return. That was awesome to see. He doesn't Stand last very back. long. There's a hurricane coming through. The crowd actually popped. It was pretty great. Up next, Aiden English. The crowd was hot for Aiden and Rusev, and they're over, dude. They are so over. Shockingly, when Aiden English got pulled from Simon Gotch and the VOD villains got taken apart, I thought, oh, fuck, Aiden's dead in the water. There's no way he'll be able to pull out anything solid for a singles career, and it seems like people are starting to really quite get behind the Rusev-Aiden English team that they've got going there, so that's pretty awesome. Up next, Adam Cole Bay Bay at uh, 23, then Randy Orton at 24, Titus O'Neil at 25, The Miz at 26, our final surprise entrant in this Rumble, Rey Mysterio at 27. Awesome to see him back and looking in amazing shape. Roman Reigns at 28, Goldust at 29, and last was Dolph Ziggler. Um, so interesting. Uh, those are the entrants. Like I said, of course, Shinsuke wins. Uh, the final six were Finn, Roman, and Shinsuke versus, was it Reigns, uh, Cena, and... You already said Reigns. Oh, who, well then I. Oh, it was Orton, Cena, it was Orton, and, Cena, and Ray, and Ray, Reigns, Finn, and Shinsuke. It was like older generation, newer generation. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, this match was phenomenal, and like you said, they pulled our strings. Had me thinking, oh, they're certainly not going to put over um, Shinsuke here, and of course they do. It was great. Uh, I loved Adam Cole in this. It was awesome to see him get the call up for that moment. Uh, I guess there was some, like, speculation he might have faced Bobby Roode on the pre-show. Um, but they didn't want him losing his NX, or his, like, main roster debut in, in a squash match for a title. So they decided to put him in the, um, in the, uh, Rumble instead. I thought that, I thought it was, that he's better suited for that because, um, I, obviously he's not on the main roster yet. This was just a uh, just just a surprise because they got they've got like a storyline going down down there with uh, with the undisputed era and all that kind of stuff in NXT and I assume that when they call up they're going to bring up all three of them. Oh yeah, I'm sure they will. And also, uh, I noticed on their shirt on the uh, oh what is the what are they called undisputed era. I was wondering what their little logo was. Like, I've been just trying to figure out what that is. It's their letters to their last name, CFO. Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly, CFO. But it's just like a clever design. I never noticed that, so I'm sharing that with you guys now. CFO. It's there. You'll never unsee it. Yeah, dude, I love the Rumble. I thought it was good. And uh, really, really cool that it was on third uh, usually the Rumble kind of closes the show where it's near the end. Well, of course, the Rumble does close the show. It's the Women's Rumble that closes the show. But I thought it was awesome that they they sort of did, like, uh, the two SmackDown titles and then the Rumble, then the two Raw titles and then the Rumble. So I, I And then I liked how they kind of did that. Well, it was really cool because you couldn't end the night the way they did. Like, you couldn't have put the Women's Rumble as the first moment of the night. 
because it would have gotten sullied by the epicness that was the dude's Royal Rumble. And the Chicks Royal Rumble, like, headlining the Rumble was just phenomenal. And we're going to get to that rundown here in a second because I've got that list up next. Before we continue, there's something that I wanted to say about Orton. Sure, please do. It has do. to do with Cody Rhodes. So uh, Cody Rhodes, was he was he was like doing an interview, doing a Q&A thing, and they asked him about Vince McMahon holding back talent. And Rhodes said that Vince doesn't hold back talent, that – if anybody is not getting the, you know, when fans see that fans are, that people aren't getting the push that they think that they deserve, he goes, that's the talent's fault. He goes, Vince doesn't do that. When, when he said that when I was Stardust and I was tagging and I didn't rise above tag level, he goes, that's because of me. I let myself get out of shape. I wasn't in the right mindset. It's completely on me. Well, somebody replied and, uh, he said, I think it's a great example of Cody Rhodes taking accountability for himself and his career tra- tra- trajectory, which I commend him for. That said, it's a political answer and not exactly grounded in reality. To say that Vince doesn't hold people back is flat out false. Cody responds, don't comment directly on my tweet as if I don't see it. How's my answer to a fan in a random Q&A remotely political? I have zero to gain. I work there. You didn't. You bought a ticket, not an education. Sit the fuck down. And then Randy Orton says, "Damn, Ron Simmons' voice. Can't wait to have you back. <laughs> Can't wait to have you back one day, Code Man. Legacy reboot? Ha! I kid, I kid. Shit, throwing shade. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> the fact that Orton tweeted out, "Damn, Ron, Ron Simmons', Simmons voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh shit. So uh, before we get to the women's rumble, of course, uh, Sheamus and Cesaro defeat Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. To note, Jason Jordan taken off of Raw. He's got a real injury. He's really fucked up. They don't know if he'll ever wrestle again. Actually, it's yeah. Apparently, he's got the same kind of thing that Benoit Edge had, where he's his uh, his he's probably he's got some stuff in his neck and his back. His discs are pinching nerves and it's affecting his grip and his hands. And uh, you know, we wish him all the best. Uh, I hope that he gets to come back, and uh, it, you know, it's, it would not be fair to him uh, as a dude because he's so talented uh, to let this be a send off. Because obviously, we haven't even seen where this can go. Obviously, this is like we are still in like chapter, like early chapters of this character, and it makes you wonder is if they kind of wanted him to get like over as, as a babyface using the angle thing. And when it wasn't working, like, well, let's keep doing it. They'll hate him. <laughs> and uh, so it, they, it turns him into this kind of quasi-heel, where instead of a heel doing dastardly things, it's this guy trying to be good, and the fans are like, screw you, you suck. And he goes, but I'm so good. I'm, I'm trying to be a good guy. And that's like the, like, it's feeding into them. It's, when, when, when you start thinking about wrestling psychology, and fan psychology, like they're like feeding into them. It, it, you know, has he not been a heel for the past t- t- two or three months, and we've just been associating him as a face because of how he's acting? Well, you know? and, well, and the nice thing is, is like you said, this feeds into it. And now, you know what we can do is, if you want to make Jason Jordan fucking impactful, Seth Rollins right now has to become a solo dude again. Dean got hurt. 
Roman's on his own path. What's Seth going to do now? He's got kind of nothing. Maybe he'll go f- challenge The Miz. Maybe he'll unpin some title picture. Maybe he'll get traded to SmackDown. Who the fuck knows, right? Here's the thing, though. At any point when he is on his rise in the near future, the thing you must do is when Jason Jordan's ready, have him come jump and beat the fuck out of Seth Rollins. Vicious, violent, aggressive, and change him in an instant. Make him on a war path because, like, I was trying to be the nice guy and everything was cool and you were really shitty to me and then I got really hurt and I, this is a real injury I had to deal with. And then you, like, fucking yelled at me and were super awful. So, of course, he's going to come back with a vengeance. And then who else does he have to blame? He has Kurt to blame. So you want to get that storyline going like they've discussed happening? Boom. He turns on Kurt, fucks Kurt up. He's on a war path then and becomes one of the best heels. Just in the blink of an eye. Sometimes an injury is something that the wrestler needs that they don't even realize. Cool off from the crowd. Get away for a minute. Let them not be constantly reminded of your shortcomings. So when you do come back and you're an absolute boss, everybody gives you nothing but respect. So I think this is I think this might be good for Jason Jordan. And this might be one of those uh you know, turning a negative into a positive here. Of course, Brock Lesnar defeats Kane and Braun Strowman. Don't have really a lot to say other than this was a very brutal, all-over-the-place, violent fucking match of Jesus Christedness, if I can say so myself. Yeah, um, so uh, Kane was kind of like there just to, like, be there, I guess. He he really didn't do a whole lot in this match. It was usually the other two. I will say though, holy crap, Braun with the knee. Jesus, he jacked Lesnar up. Yeah, and Lesnar definitely gave him his receipt. Um like seeing that when it was like in full blown motion was like, ooh, ooh. And then of course they replayed it like four times. It was like seeing like Lesnar throw that damn right hand Right into the side of that head. And like, dude, I'd be dead. No shit you'd be dead. Braun's a big fucking truck of a dude. Of course, Lesnar paid him back. He tagged him with a fucking vicious right hook. I don't know if you saw that later in the match. He caught him on the jaw. Bam. Like, payback. What? That's just That's just what I said. Oh, sorry. I misheard what you said. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got... My phone just got a text, and I'm, like, listening and doing all this shit. My fault. Uh, yeah, I said that Lesnar gave him his receipt. Oh, the receipt. That's what I misheard. Sorry. Okay. He, and, and tagged him, and then they showed it in that slow motion. And, they look, and, of course, Lesnar didn't even, like, hit him as hard as he could hit him. He just hit him. And from what I understand, what he said to him, at, like, right after that was, slow the fuck down, kid. Whoa, slow the fuck down, kid. Let's get on it. Um, but there's no heat between them. That's uh, good, you know. Well, and no it's heat. just it's just work, and it looked awesome. There was a moment also. Lesnar took a weird fall in the uh, all of the different announce table drama that was happening. Like I don't know if Braun pushed him or something, or Lesnar tripped, but he hit his head on the back of the fucking stairs. Did you see that? Yes. Ooh, yes. Man, brutal, brutal fall. Hey. It's Journey into Wrestling, and just like on Monday with the hype train of our existence, just in the middle of our episode, a real train of our existence to... Yeah, 
giving you a favor and I'm taking all your all money. Your money. All right, let's get to this uh, Women's Royal Rumble now. Sasha Banks enters number one, Becky Lynch, then Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose. So then you got Absolution and Riot Squad right out the gate in the ring together. First surprise entrant, number five, Lita, did a hell of a job. She only lasts about six minutes in the match, but, uh, you know, there were very few people that, like, ran marathons. Sasha, Becky, uh, Carmella. Is really is Carmella really on there? Did, is that right? Where the fuck is her name? Carmella, nineteen minutes. Yeah, Natalia did twenty five minutes. Oscar did twenty minutes. So not a lot of people ran marathons in this event, but goddamn, was it good and, and action packed? Uh, after Lita, Kari Zane, she replaced Paige. Uh, by the way, Paige Actually, or not? She did not replace Paige. Who did she? It was uh, she Alicia re- Fox. Alicia Fox. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah. Because Alicia got hurt during the rehearsal of how some things were going to go down or whatever. Dana Brooke comes out. God damn, you know, I'm not really down with Dana Brooke, but that crazy fucking front flip, no hands, cartwheels shit that she does is impressive as fuck. Up next, old school legend Tori Wilson coming back into the fold. WCW talent in the Rumble. Then up next, Sonya Deville. Then Liv Morgan, our first Attitude or our second Attitude Era legend Molly Holly comes back. Then Lana. Then Michelle McCool. Ruby Riot. Uh, Vicky Guerrero in a very strange 57 seconds of being eliminated by four different people, but uh, awesome moment nonetheless. Then Carmella, Natalia, Kelly Kelly comes back. Naomi, Jacqueline from the Attitude Era returns. Nia Jax. Ember Moon, which was awesome. She had a moment with Asuka. There's the whole, she just got hurt from NXT, and that was an awesome event. Uh, Mickey James, Nikki, and then Brie Bella, Bailey, and then last but not least was Trish Stratus. Uh, Asuka ends up winning this in amazing fashion. I thought this was a really good women's, first women's rumble here. Um, let's see, so far, if we're looking at some stats, most eliminations, Michelle McCool with five. Um, oh, shit. Time in the Rumble, shortest time was Vicky Guerrero. Uh, those are some of the stats I've got. Of course, longest in was Sasha Banks, 54 minutes, 46 seconds, three eliminations on the warpath. Put on a bigger performance than Asuka, but of course you're trying to protect Asuka. You want her to look strong going into the Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Uh, Asuka is going to be facing Nia Jax. And if Nia Jax wins, she gets added to the Mania match. So this pretty much is, Asuka, here's your last test before we give you the gold. Nia we don't really have anything for you. You probably don't want to be in the Elimination Chamber match that we're going to have. Uh, but this will keep you busy. This will keep you right up there in the title picture against Asuka. Because Asuka's going to need somebody to challenge her. And what better way than to have a revenge as you got Sasha Banks is growing her dissension with everybody. The same could be said for Nia Jax. So uh, it seems like they're building good, good angles on the way to Mania here. It's interesting because from everything I've heard, Asuka will not be challenging the Raw champion. Really? Yep. So why? that's weird that they made that match last night then. I know. I know. That it, is it so bizarre. Think, 
it, it, may, it, it makes me wonder what's going to go down because from everything that I've been hearing, Alexa's going to be challenged by Nia, and then Asuka's going to challenge Charlotte. Well, uh, that's uh, we got to talk about that too because not only is all that stuff happening with who's going to challenge who for what, and we don't know. Maybe do you think Alexa Bliss will end up with the title before or by Mania? Do you think she'll still have the title, or do you think they're going to take it from her before at Elimination Chamber? I would not keep it on her till Mania. Keep it on her. Keep her looking strong. So Oscar mm-hmm. defeats somebody strong. Of course, one thing you got to think in the wings of all this stuff going on, Carmella still has the women's first ever Miss Money in the Bank match. Yep. So, uh, damn, Rumble was awesome, Brando. What do you think the match of the night was? Oh. Honestly, I'm giving it to the dudes. Rumble. It was so good. I'm probably going to say the Universal title match because it was equally just, good. Well, it, it it was just like like a madhouse. It was just chaos. Okay, without looking, if you could surmise how long that title match went, how long do you think that match was? 12 minutes. It was only 10 minutes. Oh. It was a short match, but it felt like long because it was just destruction, destruction, destruction. Oh. Uh, I want to say one thing, Lita... Tried to hit him. Uh, was it a moonsault off the top rope? Yeah. She pretty much botched the fuck out of that. She lucky she didn't break her fucking neck. Uh, I mean, she still landed okay, but yeah. I th- well, I mean, I think that Becky Lynch took the brunt of that fall, though, with a knee right to her fucking rib cage, which looked brutal. Uh, another thing to mention here. I will say that it was interesting to see the despair, like the drastic... Okay, you look at the current wave of female talent, and they were all fluid in the ring, working really well. They were hitting spots. They were doing stuff. Maybe they weren't doing so good right out the gate with the elimination stuff, but they got to find their footing and figure out how they're going to do it and throw people over the ropes and stuff. But then you got Kelly Kelly and Michelle McCool in this match, and talent-wise, they are such a, like, I hate to say it like this. I'm not trying to knock anybody. But it was noticeable that, like, you have your Attitude Era stars, and they can fucking do what they do with ease. You have your current Era stars, and they can fucking slay with ease. And then you had the Divas Revolution, and it's like it's still not good, even now. You know, like, like they tried really hard. The only bright spot from the Divas Revolution that was in this whole entire match was Beth Phoenix, which was awesome to see her back. But if you saw when... Uh, Michelle McCool gets in the ring. She looks like she's terrified of what to do next and unsure of herself. I think she trips a couple times uh, in the early part of that match. And Kelly Kelly didn't look released. So it's just, I don't know if you noticed that too, but it just seemed like Attitude Era, they're legends. They've had their shit together. The current talent, they've been trained. They're on a different level. But man, did that Divas revolution get kind of left in the dust. I'm not going to discount they worked hard, especially since uh, most of them haven't worked uh, steadily, and they came back for this. And I'm not going to judge a trip or anything like that. It they went in there and, and they busted their asses just as much as anybody else did. Oh no, I'm I'm not saying they didn't bust their asses, and I thought everybody worked really hard to make that match look awesome. It's just you can tell the eras. I think that's the way I'm trying to say this. You can just see the eras so clearly with how. How they work in the ring. And, and um, you know, overall, though, awesome. Can't wait for another 
women's rumble. Let's move forward to the what do we got next on the docket here, Brando? Let me see where we are at. In the rundown. Oh, we didn't talk about that thing that happened at the end of the rumble, huh? Not yet. The sign. For some reason we're pointing at a fucking sign. What do you think about pointing at this sign? Uh well, um, It doesn't really signify, like, are you talking about who's pointing at the sign? Rousey. I don't understand. She pointed at the sign twice. Well, I mean, she's going to WrestleMania. Doesn't mean she's challenged for for a championship. Okay. Maybe this is, uh, maybe this is, you just did the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match. You just put on a clinic as what a great pay-per-view can be in this modern era. You literally redefined women's wrestling by letting this Royal Rumble not only happen, but having a great finish. Having an amazingly talented superstar like Asuka win. And the thing that people are most talking about Monday morning is not that Asuka's going to Mania, not that Shinsuke's going to Mania, but that Ronda Rousey, who did fucking nothing but walk into a ring and pointed a sign, has already punched her ticket. And I can tell... That's all she has to do because she's a bigger star than all 30 of them. I understand. To be honest with you. I understand. She's a legend of mixed martial arts and all that. I get that. However, it still seemed like it kind of sullied it a little bit. Why couldn't this have been a Monday Night Raw moment that made the whole whole crowd fucking go nuts and not a Asuka just won, who are you going to challenge? It doesn't fucking matter who you're going to challenge because this girl's going to come point at this sign. And that's what we're going to go home with. But who called it? Who called her walking out? Nobody. That's true. Absolutely nobody. So, that, it, does, like, does it kind of silly Oscars because no one's talking about it? Sure. But no one would be talking about it. Like, so what? They're going to talk about it for 24 hours because then after that, no, none of the other women are, are going to matter at all. Um, that's once true. Ro- once Rousey gets in there, Rousey is a bigger star than most of the guys on the roster. That's true, too. So, like, getting her is a mega deal. A mega deal. And to basically, what I, you're almost, in in some ways, uh, this may not be a popular opinion, but you're letting some of the other women take a rub off of Rousey for just being in the ring with her. That's true. That's true. You had Bliss, Asuka, Charlotte. Okay? You had, like, right now, it's like, okay, these are the top, these are the top girls because the winner of the Rumble the, the, and, then the two, and then the two champions. Rousey walks in there. She trounces every single like one of them in, as far as like recognizability in, in, in terms of uh, selling tickets, in, in terms of selling pay-per-views, and so in terms of selling the network. Uh, them bringing in her then is why that Rumble went on last. I guarantee you. Um, and it's not fair. But it's just in a way because it's like you just signed one of the biggest, not just like MMA, but biggest like female athletes. Yeah. You know, in the past couple of years, she has been one of the biggest ones ever. Ronda Rousey could almost be responsible in a way for how WWE presents its women now. True. Strong, powerful women that kick ass, kick lots of ass. 
you know, and and I'm not putting down the women in the WWE. It's how the WWE then had to change their perception of women in wrestling. Yeah, because absolutely. of how the rest of the world were were, were, were changing women, uh, were changing the perception of women athletes, and and Ronda was a part of that. Um, so it's like it's a mixed bag because there's pluses and negatives to having Rousey debut at the Rumble. At this point, though, I don't I don't know if she's facing a champion. I don't think she is. No, and actually, I can give you some follow-up because it seems like maybe The Rock is teasing a return here. I know some people have said, it's happening, it's not happening, he's coming back, he's not going to come back. He's going to be a part of this match with H and Steph and Ronda, maybe not. Today, The Rock reached out and uh, he, re- he tweeted Charlotte Flair. And I want to read this because it's bad as fuck. So... Uh, you know, Flair is looking at WrestleMania, and she took to her Instagram earlier today and uh, posted a picture of herself standing in the middle of the ring with her belt on, and it just said, champions don't need to point, hashtag WrestleMania 34. Rock retweeted, oh shit, badass line right there. Tell him, champ. So, interesting that The Rock would be pushing a little bit of interaction that's it's just in the air of Ronda and all of this, putting his name out there. Uh, it's, it is very possible, man, that The Rock could return, and what better way to make WrestleMania 34 really pop off to the next level than to have The Rock and Ronda Rousey and H and Stephanie and Brock and Braun and Reigns and Shinsuke and AJ and all these amazing names all in one spot. Uh, huge. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see the great ones return if you smell what I am cooking. (laughs) In my opinion, if the film Hollywood companies are afraid of him getting hurt uh, and don't want him to wrestle, having him in that tag match is probably the best way to protect him. Number one, he's not doing all the work. And number two, he's in there with Triple H. And if there is any sort of guy that's going to be in there with The Rock who is going to be guaranteed not to hurt him, it's going to be Triple H. Fact, absolute fact. I mean, I'm all for it. I, I, I think, uh, you know, some people were wondering, well, why wouldn't Rousey face a champion? You know, well, the this this is her first big match. Might it's be a little overstepping her toes to get a championship match right out the gate first. Well, there's that. Uh, let's not trounce on what the women are doing. Let's introduce her and start putting her in after, because number one, as I said, she's a bigger star than all of them. No offense. Um, and then putting her in there against with somebody she's already shared the ring with them, and at, at thirty one, this is a callback to that moment. You can easily do that in the you know, hey, boom, boom, boom. Here's the little video package. You know, a couple years ago, and then we here we are, and then the handshake, and then she's like thinking, oh, I think I want to challenge for a title, and Steph's like, who are you? You didn't participate in the rumble. You're just gonna come in and challenge for a title, and then uh, then there's butting heads, and then it's like Steph versus Ronda, and Triple H is like. You know, hey, you know, you know I support you, right? But that's Ronda Rousey. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, that's why you're going to be in my corner. He's like, oh, okay, okay, sure. And then that brings out The Rock or whoever's going to, you know, partner up with Rousey to to even the odds there. But it's so that's such an easy thing because you can easily bring her in this way, ease her in. This is the first big match, first big thing at Mania. And then there's always next year. Big championship match moment. Next, you know, whether she's going in as champion, WrestleMania thirty-five is a cool number. 
Either that or or either that or or, or she wins the second women's Royal Rumble. I don't know. That'd be kind of dope too. We don't know where we are. She's such a big fan that you know uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Rousey develops in this in in, in this arena because you know uh, she comes from one world and she's going to be transitioning to another. I don't know how much of a deal they have on her for dates. Is she going to go full time? Is it going to be? I don't think it's going to be like a Lesnar deal. I, I doubt that. I think they're probably going to get more money out of her because they are currently going to be going underneath uh, under uh, television. Uh, contract renegotiations and, Ron, and them having Rousey as a ratings driver is something they are banking on to help get them a better deal. Yeah. And that's a smart way to do it, man. Uh, let us move into some non-WWE news today. I've got a little bit on the docket here because we've got some ROH stuff, Brando, at the... Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling New Beginnings event in Sapporo. Sapporo, uh, Kenny Omega was facing Jay White, and Jay White actually beat Omega, claiming his first IWGP US title. And then uh, <clears throat> one big thing in in that world of wrestling in New Japan is when somebody loses a title, whoever's challenging the new champion comes out immediately, almost, you know. Hey, I'm challenging now. It's my go, you know. So Adam Hangman Page from Bullet Club's like, fuck it. Kenny lost the title. I'll challenge for it. Upset Kenny Omega. There's some dissension. He pushes Matt Jackson. Everybody gets upset. The Bullet Club leaves the ring. Cody's in the ring. Boom. Crossroads on Kenny Omega. So from this, it has officially been announced that for WrestleMania weekend... Saturday, April 7th, so this is going to be running in tandem against the NXT event that will be happening WrestleMania weekend. ROH will present Supercard of Honor 12. The main event will be Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega. And it's very possible, folks, that we are going to be seeing, uh, and this is really crazy, we're going to be seeing maybe the birth of a sub-bullet club, almost like the Wolf Pack was for the NWO, where Kenny and company is going to go one way, and maybe Cody and new people will go another way. Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi from uh, New Japan are also signed to compete at the event. Kota Ibushi, of course, being the uh, one of the golden lovers with Kenny Omega. This event looks awesome. I would hate to live in... New Orleans and have all these options for wrestling right at my doorstep. Like, hey, do you want to go to WrestleMania? Hey, do you want to go to Supercard? Hey, do you also want to see the Hall of Fame and maybe try to catch the NXT thing? And at some point, you just go, I can't be in every fucking place at once, man. What are you doing? You can't do that to me. All right, so did you hear about Ring of Honor launching their own streaming service? Yeah, that's coming soon. They're about to announce that on their main page. So Baltimore-based Fed Ring of Honor uh, has become the latest in wrestling promotion to launch their hat to the ever-widening wrestling ring of online streaming services thanks to the imminent launch of their new Honor Club VOD channel. Uh, for a monthly cost of $9.99, Honor Club promises fans of, of the company complete access to Ring of Honor's television and historical show archive live streams of all the groups on tour events as well as discount for tickets, pre-sales, 
and online merch. Future PPVs not included in the package are not included in the package, but standard subscribers can enjoy a 50% discount. While those who uh, cough up a cool annual fee of $120 will get all of the pay-per-views thrown into the bargain. Shit. Honor Club is slated to uh, supersede uh, Ring of Honor's rings, uh, ringside membership program, launching amid stiff competition in the genre. The trail has been first blazed by uh, by uh, Sam, cannot say this guy's last name, Hamamui, uh, World Wrestling Network, way back in 2001. But it, w- it was the advent of the WWE Network in, two- in 2014, which popularized the mode of distribution. Since then, GFW and New Japan have developed their own VOD pro- uh, platforms, the latter hugely benefiting from and in turn increasing the Western uh, interest in the Japanese scene. So um, it's cool because um, they also go on to say that the company, Ring of Honor, uh, grew out of the the popularity of the company, grew out of of tape trading, and the video on-demand services sees, you know, Ring of Honor come full circle as, you know, you'll be able to watch some of this older stuff. Maybe we'll even get a chance to see the entire uh, Punk and Joe series, uh, even that last match, like because when you get them on the DVDs, they, you you want to see like the last fifteen minutes of those matches, and they're like really long matches. Damn, I want to see them all. Yes, uh, <clears throat> let's move ourselves down the road here, out of the ROH Bullet Club news and all the possibilities that is going to bring. And let's talk about Elimination Chamber 2018. That's the next Raw pay-per-view coming up. Of course, Fastlane for Smack. Wait, is Fastlane a Raw pay-per-view, or is that SmackDown here? I'm going to pull that up. What is that? Fastlane is SmackDown. Chamber is Raw this year. Okay, so it isn't two Raw events at the end there. Okay. No. um, In fact, see, I didn't even know that Chamber was going to happen until the Rumble. Because uh, everything that I'd heard was that, like, okay, they're going to do Fastlane and then 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 Mania. But they're pushing Mania back this year um, by, like, a weekend. It's going to end up being, if I could find my mouse. It's not April Fool's week- weekend, but the following weekend, April 8th. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, one of the latest that I remember Mania taking place. Um, and, honestly, I think part of that is the move to outdoor stadiums. Because did you hear that Mania 34 – wait, this is this one, Mania 35 – could be going back to MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Uh, but it would be it would be uh, a New Jersey. Like, they would make it New Jersey branded. It would not be dual branded New Jersey, New York, like they did no, for they 29. Would, they, they would brand it as New York or New Jersey, New York. You think they still would? Oh, yeah, because it's much more. Uh, New York has a much more marketable name than New Jersey. <laughs> I guess no that's true. Jerseyans. Uh, no, they totally get it. They live in a scummy state. Oh uh, man, you just you. Here I am. I'm trying to be nice and say no offense. And you're like you scum. I'm not calling them Smile. scum, but everybody knows New Jersey is a scummy state. It's like sloppy seconds to New York. I mean, everybody knows that Brando. It's, there's no hide. Anyways, elimination chamber, folks. Let's talk about it. There's only a few short things to discuss here. So far, the dudes elimination chamber match has five of six competitors. You look at this, and it's pretty obvious. Probably what the the way they're going. It seems there's no chance they're going to derail this here. So it's Braun Strowman versus Elias versus John Cena versus Roman Reigns versus The Miz versus a new competitor known as TBD. I don't know who TBD is, but... Vacant. 
<laughs> he's vacant. He's to be determined. He he is uh, vacant. I don't know if you know this, but he has won more titles than anybody in history of the world wrestling entertainment. Probably true. Yeah, he's won every title at least once, right? <laughs> I know. So uh, you've got that match. Of course, that last TBD spot, as I said earlier, is going to be a fatal four-way match to determine who is getting in the uh, the chamber second chance here. Finn, Finn doing Finn doing the coup de grace off the chamber. Holy shit, uh, that would be incredible. He might break his ankles, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you have uh, Finn in in this uh, second chance match, Apollo Crews, Bray Wyatt, and Matt Hardy. Of course, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy are on a war path. Pretty much sets in stone that Apollo Crews is going to take the pinfall finish to Finn Balor, sending Finn into a highly uh, star-powered main event. Man, Elias is fucking over, dog. I just thought of something. Sure. What if Braun Strowman rips one of the pods off the damn? Holy shit, dude! And like turns it, yeah. Or just like kicks through the fucking door before the before his. That's been that's been done. I want to see him rip it off the side of the cell. Holy shit! You know, I want them to wriggle that up where you know it's obviously not really him doing it, but it looks like he does it. Where like maybe he's going after somebody. If they're going to do him and the Miz, maybe that'd be fine. Maybe Miz gets back in there and locks it. There you go. And then yeah, maybe he he smacks on it. You think he's just going to be- smash through it? And then he looks, and then he goes, and then, like, rips it over, and then just, like, Miz just absolutely gets destroyed. <laughs> I have the feeling that Roman's going to win this match. Doesn't it, surprise me at all. No, but it 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 needs to be Braun Strowman. I totally agree. I think Braun that Braun Strowman needs to win this match. He needs to beat Brock Lesnar at Mania, and he needs to lose to Roman at SummerSlam. I actually like that. Uh, the, the, he, this is what needs to happen. I, I don't know what Roman's going to do. Uh, obviously, Seth is available. Could, couldn't you make <laughs> um, it Roman v. John Cena and make a... Did Have they had that match? like on? Uh, they did that at No Mercy, if you remember, no, and, 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 and he beat. I, I, they haven't had a second, though. No, but uh, the still the rumored thing is that it's gonna be Taker and Cena, and it's gonna be one last ride. Ugh. Ain't no grave and hold this body down. They Ain't want no Taker's grave. final. Uh, they want Taker's final moment to be a win, and having that, him that, and that could be that and having him be. beat and Cena it, is doesn't hurt Cena, and it actually really yeah. helps Taker's legacy. And again, uh, Taker's legacy has not been hurt. Uh, well, no, Never. I don't nope. think it's nope. been hurt. I but disagree I, with you one hundred percent. I don't think it's been hurt. I don't think it's been hurt. I don't don't think that I'm saying that. But I think there have been tarnished moments, moments that have just been. Maybe I wouldn't do it that way. Just saying, you made this big fanfare when he left the ring and all that shit, left his gear, but then he comes back. It's like, okay, you need to make the decision and make it actually stick because like you were saying, can't keep playing with our heartstrings, bro. Uh, no, I agree, but I, d- I, completely d- I completely disagree about them yeah, about them tarnishing his legacy. If he went out there and lost to Zack Ryder, that's tarnishing his legacy. But he lost to Roman Reigns, a guy who has been billed as a top dude. See, I don't even think bad. that that tarnished his legacy either. I'm not no. saying personally that him losing 
was a tarnished moment. I'm I'm just saying some of the actions after. I think I I was a little bit because now we've seen him back. You know, he came back at 25 and he's teasing it again. It's like you bring him in there with Cena and then fucking Cena beats Taker and it just hurts. It's just like rubbing salt in the wound. And again, uh, he's not going to lose anybody that he doesn't care to lose to. That's you true. Don't give a shit about how many times he's lost. You know how? Did you know how many times he's lost over his career? Lots. He's probably won more than he's lost. That's true. And, he, and he's lost tons of times. But the thing is, is that like you look at, you look at Ric Flair. How many people did he beat with the figure four? Lots. He, he didn't even Flair tell you he didn't beat anybody with the fucking move. <laughs> he oh, never beat true. anybody with it. He never he's like he's like he's like I was slapping on and they turn it over. <laughs> he's like he goes, I, I made a career out of losing. Nobody ever beat me. You know, or like I never beat anybody. <laughs> he's like he's like my gimmick was to go out there and say, You never beat me <laughs> because he was like, I'm still a champion. <laughs> but uh but for for Taker, dude, he's been in there so long. Um the like the the reason why I would be cool with this is if he's if if they do the one less right thing where it's like either he comes at Cena or Cena loses at the chamber and he's like I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm just trying to go to WrestleMania and then bong it's like oh hmm that's something I haven't done <laughs> um as far as that goes it's like I. I really think that's going to be the like that would be the last match on the card because how do you do that and try to go after it? It, it it's going to be difficult because just like last year where it kind of seemed like it was it with Taker there's that emotional moment is like do you do you really put any of the titles on after that? No. No, there's no way you can. Uh let's get back to elimination chamber here. We've got of course, anything that the dudes can do, the women can also do equally as well, which means that they're going to equally be hurting when they get dropped. I guess the Elimination Chamber is different now, so not really. But Alexa Bliss will be defending her championship versus Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sonya Deville, and Sasha Banks. So you've got Banks is on a war path to becoming a heel. She's probably going to turn on Bailey. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are your uh, absolution team, so they might get picked on and taken out by everybody else. Mickey James actually surprisingly got a little bit of a helping hand from Alexa Bliss on Monday Night Raw this week. So who knows where this match goes? Obviously, like you said, Alexa probably going to retain. Interesting to note, though, if the rule that they talk about sometimes but not all the times happens, then it looks like, technically speaking, Bliss should not be champ anymore, Brando. She hasn't defended her title since October. It's February. So November, December, that's three months. That's 90 days without a title defense, and it's supposed to be 30, right? So, 90 days Alexa Bliss hasn't had somebody challenge for her title. That's crazy to me. I mean, Dean Ambrose didn't defend it for like a year. <laughs> so, That's true. US title. That's true. I mean, That's true. That they, they don't care. They, that that whole 30-day thing is only there for when they want to use it to, as, a, as a thing. Uh, when, when they don't want to use it, you don't remember it. Nope. Um, so... I mean, yeah, they brought it up with her like complaining about it, and he's like, "Hey!" But uh, obviously, the title's on the line during house shows, so 
Yep. Uh, it makes you wonder, is like, do house shows even count as title defenses or not? Well, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Just depends here. Uh, so last match, obviously, Nia Jax v. Asuka. We already talked about it. Nia wins. She's in at Mania. If not, she's not. Uh, one match has been announced so far for Fastlane, so we'll quickly just brief on that, that it's AJ Styles versus the winner of tonight's match, whether it's Kevin or Sammy. We don't know there, so that's all we've got there. And, of course, for WrestleMania, the most overbooked performer in WrestleMania history is right now in three of the four known matches for WrestleMania. We have TBD versus Asuka, Brock Lesnar versus TBD, and for the uni- for the uh, Cruiserweight title, TBD versus TBD, okay? So TBD is going to be working his ass off during WrestleMania week. And, of course, Shinsuke v. AJ at Mania for Wrestle Kingdom 10-2. Yo, it's me. It's me. It's TBD. <laughs> oh, shit. TBD. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, Brando. Go and right now and buy my TDB yoga. TDB, <laughs> can we make that TDB yoga oh, by man. Journey into Wrestling? Stretching and shit. Come join us. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> we'll stretch and shit. <laughs> Yo, DDP yoga is like is like not your mama's yoga. <laughs> T- DVD yoga, stretching and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does your back hurt? Do you need to feel better? Time to stretch and shit. <laughs> With TBD, you'll feel better as easy as one, two, three. All right. So now we're all caught up here, and it's pretty cool because we've only got one thing left on the docket. We've got a short amount of time here left on the show. So, Brando, I'll throw the lob ball up into your direction. We must pull out our nifty-difty name, pull around her. Who will we be discussing today? Now, I do believe, did, did we replace the dude on the on the air last week? Because I think we added perfect, right? Yes, I added Mr. Perfect, yeah, Kurt and Hopefully Hennig. this week we won't get any messages. We we, we muted it. The whole Stone Cold thing kind of got derailed a little bit because Here's of thi- all these messages that were going on. Here's the thing, though, with Stone Cold Brando. I want to say this, man. I, I, I was thinking about this. I've been reflecting on episode 10 and how, really, if you listen to that episode, the whole fucking episode is us talking about how great Stone Cold is. Talk about him at Raw 25. Talk about some of his most memorable moments in Raw history. I mean, he was the main feature of that entire episode by circumstance, you know? So, what? Oh, I see what you did there. What? 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 How's that work? Now, what the hell are you doing here, son? You don't welcome. You're not welcome back here anymore. All right, so, guys, we're doing a random highlight. We got ten names. And we're going to be discussing some of their highlights of their careers. And it's picked at random for the random name picker from any web tool. It's Ric Flair, Eddie Guerrero, Kevin Nash, Y2J. Trish Stratus, The Ultimate Warrior, Edge, John Cena, Magnum TA, and Mr. Perfect. Are you ready, Nate? It's going to pick one at random. Do it now. (laughs) Nate is the nature boy himself. Ric Flair, the 16-time champion. How you doing? Uh, That's amazing, man. Rick's my hero. I love Ric Flair so much, and there's a lot to talk about. And actually, you talked a little bit about him earlier, Brando. 
He never beat anybody. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, but also, he won the 1992 Royal Rumble, and that Rumble can almost be attributed for the Rumble becoming more, something more than just something to boast about. Like, because uh, the, the Rumble was never really contested for anything. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the winner of the Royal Rumble, you know? And uh, they never really gave them anything. Well, the first time it was for anything was for the WWF title. That was Ric Flair, came out number three, went all the way through, and came out the other side as champion with a tear in my eye. Oh, man. It's the greatest, it's the greatest moment th- in my life. I'm working on Flair. He's different because he just... It's difficult because some of the other voices I do, I change my voice drastically. And Flair... It's subtle. He's like up here in the back of my mouth and like my nasal is like up here guy. (laughs) I mean, he's had one of the longest storied careers. Brando, I guess that he might be related to me. I'm just finding this out right now. Here's a really weird thing. Richard Morgan Flair, possibly born Fred Phillips. In his autobiography, Flair actually states that he had his birth name listed on three different documents as Fred Phillips, Fred DeMarie, and Fred Stewart. Given that his biological father's surname was Phillips, it is suspected that Fred Phillips is his actual birth name. But Flair has never followed up on that. Uh, In 1949, he was legally adopted by the Flair family and was renamed to Richard Morgan Flair. So, that's pretty interesting that... I might have flare blood. Woo! I do that. Woo! Uh, so multiple time Flair, champion. Oh, dude, multiple time. He was U.S. champion in uh, in the mid Atlantic area, and of course, uh, he would win his first NWA World Title from the one and only Dusty Rose, if you will. But you know, honestly, it's a second championship that made it met, that made it mean something because it's almost like they took the title off of him almost as a way to transition it because when they took the belt off of him, he was like, Oh man, no, no, no. Damn it. This is mine. And and then of course he would come back and he would defeat uh, the guy that beat him. Harley race. uh, Yeah. At the, at the very first starcade, a flare for the gold, baby. He's the only two time hall of famer as of right now. As of right now, he went in course by himself and with the horseman. It is possible for him to go three. Is there a th- is there a third faction he's tied to? Evolution. Evolution. I don't see them, them in. getting into the no, Hall of they Fame. All have, I, I I wouldn't because they all have every single one of them are Hall of Fame bound. I mean, Absolutely, so. hands down. Uh, actually, Flair is also been inducted in the Luthez Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Eight time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, WCW International World Heavyweight Champion two times, NWA Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Champion three times, NWA Mid Atlantic Television Champion two times, US Champ uh, WCW six times, NWA Mid Atlantic Champ three times, uh, with Rip Hawk, Greg Valentine, and Big John Stud. He was World Tag Team Champs, the Mid Atlantic version three times, with, twice with Greg Valentine and once with Blackjack Mulligan. First WCW cri- Triple Crown champion. That's hard to say. National Wrestling Alliance. These are his NWA accomplishments. He was the uh, world, the NWA World Champ nine times, and a 2008 Hall of Fame uh, inductee to the NWA Hall of Fame. Um, and then in his WCW time or his WWE time for titles, he was the World Tag Team Champ three times, twice with Batista. Can you name who he was tag team champs with once? Roddy Piper. 
Fuck yes, Brandon. Great trivia knowledge there. That's a hard one. Not a lot of people would know. One-time WWE Intercontinental Champion. Two-time WWF World Heavyweight Champion. Royal Rumble winner in 92, as you said, crowning his first uh, WWE title. 13 Triple Crown Champion. Slammy Award for Match of the Year in 20, uh, 2008 versus Shawn Michaels in his retirement match at WrestleMania 24. As I said already, two-time Hall of Fame inductee. Um, amazing feuds with Sting, Michaels, um, Piper, Bischoff, fucking uh, McMahon. I mean, there's Flair's had it all, you know? All right, so there's one guy as far as feuds go. Of course, you can't forget Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Absolutely. But there's another guy who he had a really big feud with and had a trio of matches in 89. <gasps> Ricky? Yes. Thank you. I fucked up and forgot. Sorry. Sorry, Ricky those, the Dragon. That's my bad. Uh, those matches, to me, and Rick says that they had, uh, you know, that they had matches that were way better than that years prior. But to me, like, these three matches are, like, some of the best matches you're ever going to see. And what I'm trying to find right now is the name of all the events because I know some of them. I know that one of them is called Chi-Town Rumble. One of them is Russell War 89. That was the last one. And I can't remember if there was a Clash of the Champions. Um, all right, so Chi-Town Rumble, when was that? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, so that was in February. Chi-Town Rumble was in February. And Flair defended the... Yeah, Flair defended the title against against uh, Steamboat at the Chi-Town Rumble. And he lost. And then uh, at the Clash, it was two out of three falls. And if I remember correctly, the Clash match goes damn near for like 50 minutes. Like it's damn. It almost it goes a long time. But the ending was a little controversial because uh like Flair had his foot on the rope or something, you know, the whole thing where the ref counts it, but you know, it uh, Flair had a contest like, "Hey, guy, you didn't actually beat me there, pal." Well, the uh the the Wrestle War match went with 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 Ricky once again defending the title against uh Flair it goes about 30-something minutes. Flair gets the win here, wins back the title, kind of becomes babyface in the, in, the, in the process. He he is a little less heelish in the match, and he wins it straight up. Clean clean victory. They shake hands, I think. And uh, that sets up because they brought out some judges, you know, like, just in case, we're not going to have a tie here. We're going to have an actual actual winner here um, with me, one on like uh, Gordon Sully. <laughs> I just did the worst ever Gordon Soul impersonation. It's okay. It wasn't that bad. Um, well, one of the judges was the one and only hardcore legend himself, Terry Funk. Oh, shit. And that set up a couple matches with Funk versus Flair. And the iconic one is, comes at Clash of the Champions in the fall. I think it was in the fall. But it was the I Quit match. And it's one of the only times he ever beat anybody with a fucking figure four. He put, he put uh, Terry in the figure four. And, of course, that was back in the day where instead of tapping out, they had, they had to put the microphone, what do you say, pal? Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, like uh, Vince McMahon is in an I Quit match with Ric Flair at that point. But, uh, of course, Hogan. 
he had a big feud with Hogan Savage. Savage in their WrestleMania 8 match is one of my favorite matches. Shit, he had a feud with Hogan in TNA after he retired from WWE. I know, but uh, let's not, let's not we talk don't have, about that one. We don't have to go yeah. there. I will say, though, one thing for him his TNA career that we can't not mention. One of the greatest wrestling moments, in my opinion, still to this day, is the Jay Lethal Ric Flair woo-off. Yeah. With the whole throwing the coat down. and every, Jay Lethal did such a dead-the-fuck-on Ric Flair. It was I incredible. Know. It was. I mean, I I can't not just bring that up when we're talking about the you know the Nate himself. Uh, did you know that he was actually in a movie, like in an actual feature film? Mm. Which one? <laughs> Magic Mike XXL. Do you know what he's credited as? He's credited as leather-faced old man. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's pretty hard man of course uh flair kind of had a brush with some uh some you know he got ill in like the last year and uh apparently he almost didn't make it and so we're lucky to have him still around and uh, I, I was glad to see him show up at the rumble uh, pre-show and talk a little bit and uh i'm looking forward to seeing him kind of come around for mania and uh, you know, um, yeah, dude, the Sting, Sting matches too. Come on, first, first, last Nitro, uh, the first class of the champions, uh, you know, forty-five minute draw with Sting, one of the greatest, again, great match. Like so many matches, like Flair took so many people. When people say, "Oh, every Flair match is the same," dude, he took so many people to great matches. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, dude, uh, if we're gonna kind of wrap this up, I mean. Uh, we could go on about Flair. We could do a whole podcast about Flair matches. We probably will do a couple podcasts about Flair. Interesting to note, he's had a couple real back, like backstage, real life feuds with some wrestlers: yeah. Brett, Shane Douglas, Mick Foley, Hogan. Yeah. Uh, Bruno San Martino says, "No, I don't ref- respect Ric Flair. I don't respect him at all." I guess they reconciled and are now friends. But he said that at one point, calling Flair a liar. Um, just very interesting, but yeah, uh, Hogan and him are now friends still. Every every single person on here says they're they're all reconciled and are now friends, so that's good. Yeah, I know with Brett, a lot of times, oh, what kind of goes on is that one of them or both of them will kind of go on somebody else's podcast or radio show, and they'll say something, and and that gets reported back, and that gets them heat with the other person. But then when they talk in person, they're like, they're all cool with each other. Like, yeah, man, no, I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just saying this, you know, it's like, but it's, it's all that he said, she said, you know, that, you know, that happens all the time with wrestlers and also with like the uh, celebrities and musicians, like the same thing with uh, Pantera for a long time. It, just, uh-huh. it was a lot of the media saying he said, she said bullshit when, when, it, when, it, when in reality, if they actually would have just like sat down one on one and talked. They probably could have patched things up and maybe found some sort of common ground. I agree with you. I got a couple more things of Flair. I know we're trying to wrap this up here, but uh, wrestlers managed: Beer Money Inc., Big Show, Carlito, Charlotte Flair, David Flair, Desmond Wolf, Evolution, Fortune, Gunner, Matt Hardy, The Miz, Reed Flair, Ricky Morton, Rob Terry, Snitsky, and Steve Austin. But to to just wrap it up, here's the best part. We're gonna do Ric Flair nicknames, Brando. There's about twelve of them. You ready? Cause some of them are real funny. We've got the Alimony Pony, <laughs> the P 
baby's arm. Yeah, the, I, yeah, the baby's arm. Yeah, the dirtiest player in the game. Yep, the golden stallion. Ida Balut. Oh Just wow, profile quick. online world of wrestling is what they call him there. Uh, Kyoren no Ki. Kikiyoshi, which is Japanese for Nobleman of Fury. He's limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. The man, the master of the figure four, Nature, Nature Boy, the Nature Boy, the original party the original party animal, Ramblin' Ricky Rhodes, the real world champion, the sixty minute man, Slick Rick, Space Mountain wrestling god. Okay, do you know what the baby's arm means? It's his penis. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you listen to uh, well, what happened when Mondays with Tony Schiavone, and listen to it like when Flair comes up, he tells some crazy freaking stories about Flair and partying with Flair. Oh yeah, and seeing things of Flair he probably didn't want any part of. <laughs> oh, but hey, I mean, you're partying with the Nate, man. What can you expect? Absolutely. So uh, I do believe Rick was my pick. Yeah, I think so. So it's time for you. You know, he's one of three uh, WWE pop vinyls I have. Awesome. I only have him, Lesnar, and HBK. I, play, um, I actually picked up Lesnar for you. Yes, you did. Hey, yeah, because it was a Walmart exclusive. I remember. Yeah. All right. So, Flair. I think. TBD's going yeah. on the list. TBD, of course. <laughs> No, I <laughs> I think I'm going to put uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on here because... Fuck yeah! Uh, as I said, it's my favorite series of matches, and then he has hell, a hell of a career as well. Come on, that match with Macho at three. Jesus Macho, Christ. And then, uh, of course, it, all the other, like, you know, uh, you know, his comeback. Him and Sting. Uh, him and Sting, of course, but then his comeback against Jericho. and Like, at WrestleMania 25, like, er, like when they fought, like... It was Jericho versus Steamboat. It oh, was, yeah, uh, the legends. And, and snuck up, and then Steamboat gets in there, and the, and the crowd like wakes up like, holy crap, dude, he can still go. And they start really getting into it, like, holy crap, dude, Steamboat, hell yeah. You still got a chance that. abound. Oh, shit. Dilute Brando? No, I'm still here. Okay, that was weird. My uh, iPad just freaked out for a second there, dude. It, like, black screened on me. Well, it is a good thing that we are near the end of the show because uh, I just want to let you guys uh, know that you guys can find us all across the webs. Of course, we are on journeyintocomics.com. You can go there and you can subscribe uh, You know, on all your favorite uh, podcasting services, the Podbeans, the iTunes, the Stitchers, the Spotify's, the Google Play Musics. You get you know nine full shows, man. You got a bunch of shows that you can download and check out. And, uh, of course, Journey to Wrestling is a part of that, and we're a also on Facebook at Journey to Wrestling. Every other Wednesday that there isn't a show, rebooking with Brando. Uh, I still haven't really decided what I'm doing next week, but um, I'm definitely going to take some sort of storyline, some angles. If you have any, if you guys have any sort of suggestions, please send that over to me, and uh, I'll definitely take a look and see uh, how I would do it. Uh, so, of course, that's going to go up every Wednesday afternoon as well live on Facebook. So be sure to follow Journey to Wrestling over on Facebook for that. We're also on Twitter, J-I-W-N-J-I-C. And uh, I think that's everywhere that we are on the internet. We don't have our own Instagram or anything like that. 
Uh, you can also, I've done this, Brando, just to help our listeners. You want to go back, you want to listen to old JIW, you don't want to go on the Journey into Comics Network and scroll and scroll and scroll and find old episodes. Just type in www.tinyurl.com backslash Journey into Wrestling and you can get all of the Season 2 episodes right there for your taking. Every time a new episode goes up, it's immediately added to that. That is awesome. And did you mention Patreon? I did not, because you should go to Patreon, because every Wednesday drops a new Road to the Infinity War review. We're reviewing all of the MCU films over there on Patreon. For just $3 a month, guys, you get exclusive access to bonus content that we've been putting out. And for $1, you get, I mean, for $1 and $3, you get early access. Whenever a show is done, it is there. So uh, you guys get first dibs before it even gets goes live on its uh, scheduled day. JIW here lately has been like, you know, day before, so it's a bit different. But some shows do two, three, sometimes weeks in advance. And uh, I think the promise that we've kind of led up to is up to a week. You guys get these for, you know, uh, for, for your uh, patronage to us to help us out and support the Great Journey into Comics Network. The rest of the shows that are doing the road to Patreon today, the Voice of Survival review of uh, the first Avengers movie dropped on our Patreon. So go throw us three bucks, get that, get all the other ones. They're only about half hour or little reviews of each of the MCU movies leading up to the Infinity War, and it's been a a blast so far. And there's you know we're nearing the halfway point already, surprisingly. Absolutely, uh, myself and Mike Norris and the Game Addicts podcast did Thor: The Dark World. That's going coming up. Here at the end of February, uh, I want to say that's like not next week, but the week after that. Yes, it would so, be because it's be in Iron Man three, and then so Thor next Dark time World. Journey into Wrestling is on will be the same day that the new Thor review drops. Absolutely. So hopefully we can send you guys a cool reminder to go check that out as well. Hell so yeah! Nate, I think with that being said, uh, I will see you guys next next Wednesday on Facebook on Facebook Live for rebooking with Brando. But Nate. The next time that you're going to see these guys is on Journey to Comics? Uh, what's today? It's Wednesday Wrestling. Wednesday. Nope. Friday will be Voice Survival. You guys can hear me interview Jennifer Crawford from Podcasting Smarter. Make sure to check out Podcastrophy tomorrow, dropping uh, episode 23, which is 2,000 pounds of pineapple cocaine. What? Also, be sure to check out the Game Addicts podcast, where you get some extra Podcastrophy as they recorded almost a full episode talking about monster hunter world and what it, and, it, and an episode that can only be aptly titled inceptocastrophe oh my god it's amazing i didn't even know that was a thing so that's awesome that's the greatest surprise you could give a pod father on his random ass the 6th of february on rusev day it is rusev day it's rusev day that's going to blow up some people's speakers in their car. They're going to be like, what the fuck, dude? Come on. I guess our um, two minutes to midnight blew out AP's ears on Journey into Comics a couple weeks ago. Because we, we sang two minutes to midnight, you know? He, he's like, I was driving and I did not expect that. That was very loud. I forgot we did that. <laughs> two minutes to To kill the unborn in the woo-oom. <laughs> woo-oom. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight. It's and all right. As a quick shout-out. Okay, so you, I've been listening to the uh, – now I'm, I'm, out on, I'm, I'm on the second episode of the Talkin' Shop on Talk is Jericho. 
Oh, cool. And Talk is Jericho. He calls him he calls him his podcast the Pot of Thunder and Rock and Roll. I love that. I wish <laughs> like, it was why mine. Why didn't we think of that? Yeah, Jesus, it's so good. It's so good. All right, folks. Well, Brando, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Oh, yeah, it's going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A flare for the gold, my friend. All right, well, if that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling, this has been Season 2, Episode 11. I have been your sultry host, Nate. Thank you for joining me, Brando. Well, I am so glad to be here with you as well. We'll see you next time on Journey into Wrestling. Two. Sweet.